0: Covering all your favorite parts of the 50 yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Mernier. Welcome in, fans of the 50 yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast. Zach Heilman here, as well as Jim Mernier, my co host, as always. Jim, week eight was in the books. Week eight is on and done with. And we have three teams. That are now officially confirmed to be in the playoffs we have one spot being fought for now uh, amongst three teams that are still in it somehow and that all have some crucial matchups coming up in the course of the next two weeks uh let's break down week eight though if we will at least some initial thoughts here jim Well, you look at week eight you had with in a quick perspective of the games. In Albany, you had what appeared to be basically a, tee, a win that Jersey should have had in the bag, let it slip out. Yet had in Columbus, or in a uh, Jacksonville, you had Columbus basically steamroll Jacksonville, and then Orlando eventually has its way with Carolina. What do you make of it, at least first impression-wise?
1: First impression-wise, you had games that went down the wire, and – Besides, the action happened Jacksonville. That's a different story. Today, oh, yeah. but um, but but turnovers, like both the other two games in the league, turnovers were the biggest factors of why the outcomes ended up to be. Uh, Jersey was in control, not really in control. They had the momentum, they had the ball, the score in their favor, they had the possession battle on their side, and two big turnovers. Completely flipped that script, and Albany pulled out a win. Same down Orlando turnovers, uh, or excuse me, in Carolina turnovers killed the Cobras after a very uh, Cobras came down, to play big time uh, this past week. Uh, a good showing. Uh, they got a quarterback um, in Aiken that came in uh, yep. to help propose uh, move for the offense. They looked very competitive. They that energy and a good attending crowd, and Orlando's defense just in the second half, uh, they made the big plays, and you got to get Carolina's. Carolina contained Orlando all night, and then you went down to look at Jacksonville, and it was just two teams going two different directions at this moment. Uh, Columbus went in there, took care of business, took, you know, got their suit and tie ready, and went home with a dub. That's the only thing you can say about that game. They They showed up, did the work, and left. Uh, it was a very good week. And, you know, it's entering arena football, week eight. We're coming down to the end of the year. Battles are happening for postseason positioning now. Three teams have secured. And we do know that after this week eight, the Orlando Predators have clinched the three seed. They yes. can't drop below three, they can't get one or two. So they're three seats. So they're either traveling to Columbus or they're traveling to Albany in the first round. And honestly, we're still three weeks away from the first round of the playoffs. I'm really intrigued with that 3 2 matchup. It will be, Albany looks like it's going to be a very exciting game to watch. Um, and of course, Albany and, and and Columbus both clinched playoff positions this week uh, with a New Jersey loss, but Albany beat New Jersey, which helped Columbus. Columbus is going to clinch no matter what with the win over Jacksonville. So you got three teams that've clinched. This week, when we start, well, when we preview the um, week nine after the Danny Southwick uh, interview, um, we're, it's interesting now. Now it's not battle between clinching; it's who will get the host, who will get the point differential. That will be big key, especially in a short season, which is a big a tiebreaker for the NAL. Uh, so it's going to be very intriguing. But overall, week eight. Right now, I want to just say um, Mason Espinosa, front runner MVP of the National Arena League, in my opinion. Yes. Um, there's something not right in Albany. Um, I don't know if it's because they played against a good defense in Jersey, but there's just something not right in Albany right now. So let's dive and, into that game
0: a little bit, actually. Um, okay. Let's get into that one first, really, because I I honestly did not peg this one as the bet, at least the best game of the week. I thought. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that with how Jersey kind of came out as a dud against Orlando the week prior that they looked like they might've packed it in Uh, at least at that point, Warren Smith did not look great. And I just started questioning more and more. I'm going, man, this roster in Jersey with the flight, just again, has so many, we've talked about this, Jim, it has pieces and yeah. has the ability to win. It just keeps on being inconsistent and having plays not go in their favor at the worst possible times. And so they come in to Albany, uh, which which had their biggest crowd of the season. They had just a tick under 4,000 at the Times Union Center. And, you know, they come in, they play them close through the first half, actually have the league going into halftime. They get an onside kick. They're up by two scores in the third quarter. And they're looking like that they could take it. I mean, and even add in the fact that, you know, Albany had just released Derek Ross. And we Mm -hmm. were going to ask about the questions about the run game. And sure enough, you know, they added Mo Ruffins to help with potentially some run game, but they didn't really use him much. They tried doing a lot more jet sweeps, a lot more trickery with the receivers with Malachi Jones or Darius Prince. It looked like a different team. Like Ross was an X factor for how, for his size and speed. And they looked like they were still adjusting to it all the way till that game finished. Because honestly, I thought the flight gift wrapped them a win in Albany. I, I think the flight should have won this game. They, I mean, they had every opportunity to finish off the empire here and turnovers just kept biting them. And eventually it led to them their demise and them losing on a last second touchdown, you know, not yeah. even without, even on the kicker, they had, they had the momentum in the third quarter in the majority of the fourth quarter. And really they lost, they lost that game off of one inter, of of one bad interception or, or fumble or turnover after another in the fourth, in the mid fourth quarter alone. I, it just yeah, it a surprise. They, it's just it tailed the season. You know, a team that has talent, but they just can't finish games that they should win. I mean, look, again, this ties back to even the Carolina game in week one. You know, how bad Carolina's been all year. That's the one win they've had. And, you know, Jersey's got to be kicking themselves because they have the point differential tiebreaker. They have the win, too, if they just beat Carolina, for Christ's sake.
1: Yeah, it's honestly, that game, the Albany and Jersey game was – competitive all the way through but new jersey made the plays in the first half that didn't happen at the end uh you got the hell married end of half to go up a score and then in the fourth quarter you have a bad a a bad interception then a bad fumble that just completely just flips script and one thing I noticed about this game, you got to give credit where credit's due. The Albany's defense just for, did enough chaos in that backfield that Warren Smith could not stay on his feet and was always flustered and he always ran out of pocket because he, he ran that pocket a couple times in that fourth quarter where once he was out of the pocket, he was either getting sacked or he was following the ball. It just seemed like that. It didn't happen every time. But in the first half, Albany's defense was not getting into it. And he was... He was making the, you know, given the weapons that Warren Smith has with a uh, uh, layer beavers and uh laughing house and uh, Dangerfield, they were getting the guys, they were making some great plays and it was just Albany's offense was just stagnant. They couldn't really, once they got into that 10 yard line, they couldn't move the ball. So Jersey was capitalizing on that. And then third quarter was basically the same story. It was the same, Jersey's defense was just holding Grady down. Like Malachi Jones wasn't getting open. Uh, Darius, uh, uh, Darius appearance wasn't getting open. Uh, it was just, honestly, it's just once the turnover happened, I think I want to say around the eight minute mark in the fourth quarter, I, I think it was an interception. I forgot uh, who picked off for Albany. and He returned all the way down to, I think like the five yard line of Jersey. That's when the game flipped. Mm-hmm. And, And then the next possession was another uh, turnover. It's that game, in my opinion, was very competitive. And it's like what you mentioned. Jersey had the chance to win the game on the road in Albany. And if they would have won, they would have put the pressure on the Jacksonville Sharks this week. That would be so tremendous that it would be almost impossible for Jacksonville to, even if they went out and missed the playoffs because of the point differential. They had the chance like they did in Carolina week one. They had the chance. And you got to give credit where credit's due. Albany's defense stepped up at the very end and they just flustered, got to Warren Smith and made him make mistakes. And because honestly, I'm going to tell you right now to the Albany fans that are listening, I appreciate the listen. Thank you for the downloads. That offense, uh, th- that wasn't the same Albany offense I saw in Jacksonville a couple weeks ago. No. Or it's, there's something, it can't just be the loss of Derek Ross. There's some, there's something that's missing there. And I've now seen it back to back weeks. Um, so yeah, it's a tough loss, but the Jersey, but our with interview with Dan South, we got to come on later that uh, later in this episode, he even mentioned it. There's six teams in the league. All six teams are good. They all play each other so many times. It's just what happens in one or two plays that determines a, a, basically it determines a, a fate of a season. Yeah, And this game is a pure example of what he will he will talk about in the interview. It's amazing. It's It was a good game, great broadcast, good crowd showing. The fans got into it. I love when the stadium is energized, and they got into it. I think the fans motivated Albany to get the win, and they got a big win. The, uh, it's a big win for Albany. They clinched a home game, so they're guaranteed a home game, which has been confirmed by their owner, that their home game will be on August 7th Uh, there in the – times union center for a nal playoff game so it's a good win by albany but um they didn't look right on offense to me and it's not been back-to-back weeks so that'd be something to look at here in the next couple of weeks
0: yeah i'm definitely looking to see what happens especially week nine coming up the biggest matchup of the season thus far with albany traveling to columbus to take to have a rematch of what was a close contest earlier at the beginning of the season And the two best teams in the NAL fighting. So, you know, that development or at least adjustments on offense are going to be crucial coming up here this week. And it's also against the best defense in the NAL, not only statistically, but honestly, in my opinion, is the best defense in the NAL right now. So a lot of things to answer for, you know, and especially with, like I said, Ross, I know one player doesn't always make everything. But you just noticed with the run game that Ross not being that kind of like go to handoff running running back really did change how they called play. So I, I want to see how they develop the offense over another mm-hmm. week of practice. You know, I thought maybe they'd make more – they did use Ruffins for the passing game in a few rushes, but yeah. I almost wonder if they should start using him as the down back more consistently if they can. So we will find out moving well, forward. He also, but,
1: yeah, he also got a message. He's only, he was only been on the roster since, I think, last Tuesday. So he yes, was, he, he, right was in, so, he was a recent signing. So, he so, was a recent signing. I'm not, you know, holding out on that. Just he, he was recent and got into the game. So uh, I think, yeah, their play calling was different, but you're comparing uh, Mo Ruffins to the money, maybe one of the greatest running backs ever
0: oh, I run know I am. in
1: arena league history. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I, I said, give Ruffins some time to get back in the group of things, but yeah, the New Jersey, uh, Jersey, they knew what they were going up against and they weren't afraid of the running game this week. So I think that's an issue for Albany and they may have to just, if they yeah. want to get to a championship game,
0: they'll find out. And I'll, I'll tell you one thing, um, depending on really no matter what happens with the playoff, with the playoff standings after week nine, if the Jersey flight make it into the playoffs, they're the one that I'm like, it's a wild card t- type of team that I'm not sure what could happen again. They've had, like just close missed calls. Like just imagine if they put it together where, you know, it's like a, it is a full beat down game. Like they had with those two wins in a row earlier this season. And they do it against these top teams. Like for example, Albany, you know, that could be a force, you know, it's all close competition for, for Jersey just have not put together. So
1: I'm honestly, I'm really intrigued because you talk about Jersey. I'm saying that with Orlando. Now, if you tell me Jersey sneaks in and Orlando's in, I won't be surprised if we see a four versus three, a national arena league championship game, because this league has been so competitive one through five, one through six, excuse me, that we need more than eight weeks to determine who's the legit team. Um, Mm -hmm. But still like Jersey one or two plays and they're a four and three team, honestly. Yeah. And and you look at the standings, and right now, they're outside looking in. And they're not on life support yet. That might happen this weekend if Jacksonville pulls off a victory against Carolina. But, yeah, I honestly, if I was Albany, you don't want to see New Jersey. If you get that one seed and Jersey comes back in there as a four seed and how they played you the last time, it's hard. It's, it's like in the NFL, and you hear the saying of all coaches, it's very hard to beat the same team three times, unless you're the Jacksonville Jaguars playing against the Tennessee Titans in 1999, but it's very hard to beat a same team three times. Um, But yeah, uh, I like that. I think this postseason is going to be chaotic. I don't think, yeah, one through four makes a postseason. I won't be surprised if we see three versus four or four versus two or three versus one. Um, It's that's how competitive this league has been this year. And I won't be surprised if New Jersey is that team or Jacksonville is that team. So, um, it's the playoffs for a reason, and we're getting close to it. But yeah, I agree what you're saying mm-hmm. about there. They they'll be a tough out. Whoever is that four seed, if it's Jacksonville or it's Carolina or it's Jersey, they're not just going to roll over to that one seed. It's like, oh, we're just happy that we made it one extra week. That's going to be a battle. Whoever plays them.
0: Yeah, I, I yeah. Either one of these, you know, like I said, everyone, all the team. The bottom three are still in contention, so you know plenty to talk about still. You know, one of those teams that did that is in contention surprisingly still. Just how close it is with the bottom half is Carolina. They had their last home game against Orlando, which, by the way, Orlando's defense has just sneakily become the se- I think the second best unit in the NAL right now. Uh it's, it's kind of snuck up on us. You know, it originally we thought offensively that Orlando, we were going to be more talking about at the beginning of the year was going to be Brian Hicks, DJ Myers connecting so often now it's, you know, Patrick O'Brien, DJ Myers, Patrick O'Brien also throwing to like Donovan raspberry or Prince Shinola. Um, you know, the, their connections have been getting a little bit better. Uh, and I was worried about O'Brien after that 32 to 12 win over the flight. Uh, this contest with the, with the Cobras, you know, record or not as you want to name it, you know, O'Brien had a solid contest for for Orlando. Uh, Carolina gave them all they could for at least three quarters, and then, sure enough, as it's been for the last several contests, Orlando's defense stepped up, and they took control of that the game in the second half. I mean, just like uh, with Jersey, a pick six really kind of shifted the momentum to where Orlando could just. Kind of handle what they needed to, and you know have enough of a cushion to coast to the end of the uh, finish line, if you will.
1: Yeah, and get this is honestly, I have to say, Carolina has played some good football over the last six quarters. They have. I don't know what that happened happened in this halftime against Jackson the last week, but they've came out and they've reversed course and they punched Orlando in the mouth early. Orlando came back, and it was back and forth. Orlando did have an easy win. This was a battle all the way to the very end, and and it literally came down to an onside kick that didn't go one one way, and and it was a very good battle all the way to the end. Um, That defense of Orlando, yes, play very well. They did what an arena defense does. If you hold your opponent to 40 points, you're most likely going to win that game because you're hopefully in your offense scored around the fifties. Sure. Um, that's just the classical arena game. If you hold an opponent under 40 or points or less, you're going to, you're going to win. Uh, just ask the Jacksonville sharks. Um, Cause they scored 35 and lost big, <laughs> but <laughs> there's another taking another shot at Jacksonville. We'll get to them next. Um, but I got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, Carolina, we, we bashed them over the last couple of weeks and not going after people on the sign people they got aiken and they signed him um, recently came right in good arm uh, read that did a little bit of a read option uh, type of quarterback what summers was doing but now summers went back to just being a receiver and they were moving the ball down the field they were making plays and you gotta give credit where credit is due caroline's defense showed up and gave orlando a hard time moving the ball down the field and this even though it's a loss for carolina i have to say this has to be one of their best performances they did since maybe the albany game and when they went up to albany and lost in the shootout Mm -hmm. they have talent on the team i think they were just missing a uh, quarterback Uh, um from stuff i've been hearing sounds like uh, castronova has been dealing with injuries over the last couple of weeks so Yes. That's that's possibly the reason why his performance is down because well, the
0: line has been a problem all year. So he's definitely been yes. getting beaten up. <laughs>
1: no. Yeah, that's true. And um i that's why I think I've bashed him to uh technically bashed him that uh for no reason at all because I thought he was healthy, but uh, from what I've heard he's been battling with energy. So I like how Caroline made an adjustment. He was still active, so he was active for a backup role this past weekend. Um, but I was glad they got uh Aiken in it and they kind of came out last six, last six, almost said months, last six porters, uh, They have been a very impressive team and they're going to come to Jacksonville with a little, little, you know, beef in their step. And uh, Jacksonville better look at this game coming up as not nice as an easy win, because I think Carolina, they know what's on the line. They're out of the three teams that are still bound for the last spot. They they have the lowest chance of making it, but they're still alive. So. I think the win over even, – even though, even though they lost Orlando, um, it's a difference. Three weeks – this team is a completely different team than it was three weeks ago. Yeah. And that's a good sign for Carolina, especially you get Orlando again at the end of the year, but you go to Jacksonville next, and you have a chance to finish out strong. If you make the playoffs, and make the playoffs. If, if you miss, you can always spoil someone's season. Uh, so that's going to be something they look forward to. And I, I just want to say to uh, to the Cobra – fans and the Cobra nation um, nice showing nice crowd Chuck Cam did it again a lot of people drinking a lot of sugary drinks making money um, but it was a good game and even though O'Brien didn't play his best he did enough but again this was a game like we saw in Albany turnovers at the wrong time flipped the script of the game Carolina looked like they were gonna win this game and just bam a turnover happened happened wrong I think they had to pick six I might say
0: yeah at the end they of the third the quarter, quarter uh Kasim yeah, Forbes, down. you know.
1: Yeah. A pick six that turned the whole situation so Carolina was on the comeback, but they held Orlando and they got back in the game in the fourth quarter but they just ran out of time. But it was a good a good effort for Carolina and I think they have a very good chance of coming to Jacksonville to get a W. That that even though it's a loss, they got they got some swag back into them. Um yeah. but yeah, it was a good game in my opinion.
0: Right. And keep in mind, this is the same Cobras team that played Orlando up to the wire two weeks prior. And they they should this is again, I stress how Jersey should have beaten Albany. I thought Carolina should have beaten Jacksonville. Like they had every opportunity to do that too two weeks prior Correct. as well. So this is they're they have nothing to lose, which can be sometimes the scariest thing for an opponent is yeah. a team with nothing to lose and almost nothing to prove. I mean they still Credit, they still have an outside chance of somehow getting the playoffs, but you know, they're the ones to that are win like, this.
1: I was gonna say, but the win this week spoils Jacksonville's playoff, folks. Even yeah. though it won't eliminate Jacksonville, it puts Jacksonville behind the eight ball where they need a miracle from their jersey to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they have to win in Albany, so it puts them in the eight ball, so it kind of puts them in a spoiled position. So, yes, yeah, Carolina is still alive, but they can also be the spoiler to Jacksonville. And from what we've heard a lot of the Jacksonville fans over the last couple of days, won't be a lot of happy campers, but yeah, Jacksonville uh, Carolina's in a great position to still be in the the playoffs, but they can also be a spoiler to one of the biggest franchises in the national arena.
0: The flight and Cobras fans are going to be really good friends this week. I could just, I can tell leading up till this weekend, uh, let's, you know, let's talk about those Jack about Jacksonville at least. Um, Jacksonville does they do have a uh, game this week here coming up with the Cobras as we just mentioned. Um right. again, crucial for playoff standings. Honestly, if the Cobras play upset, Jacksonville's kind of has an outside looking in like it's going to be harder for them I think to make it in if almost borderline elimination chances of making it in if they lose to Carolina this week at the Shark Tank. Uh but we have to before we get to that we have to bring up last week's blowout loss to columbus which first off ugly loss um game was basically decided by halftime in my opinion in terms of arena scoring and just chances of making a comeback it was decided by halftime when you're down 39 to 14 uh it's kind of hard to make a comeback when you're when you are down 25 in an arena style game so uh First off, they were pretty much out. Second off, you know, Southwick did go out. Um, I, you'll hear in the interview, I asked if it was a head injury cause I, that's why I was implied. It was more of a uh, rib side kind of a core injury, but you know, he's fine actually. So you'll hear that too. Uh, so that also damped, dampened some things. So KG had to come in through three interceptions. Uh, Columbus had an excellent defensive turnout at least second quarter onward. And they just continue to look like the most complete team. But what really stuck out to me with this contest, it wasn't the blowout. It was kind of the fan reaction to the entire thing. Um, And I I know Jim, you have some words, but here, here's my thing. Um, I know Jacksonville from what I, from everything I've seen. And I've looked back and from the last few seasons I've watched is I know that they're the premier team usually in the NAL and that they have a very 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 storied history in their 10 plus years in arena whether it is the afl or the nal but you got to calm down guys i mean i I was just shocked at all the blowback the like we should fire people right now it's a lazy team Uh, there's a few more i could even mention i just jim i know you're i know you're about to say some stuff here that you were disappointed i i'm just was shocked to see i'm like i get it but Mm -hmm. you know look at your season it's been topsy-turvy injury riddled and you're still alive so it just is pain me to watch some of these responses like that
1: yeah do you want me to approach this as a analytical approach or as a fan because i have two different
0: answers or a season ticket holder so (laughs) yeah i almost kind of want to hear you as a fan really
1: all right to my jacksonville brethren to the shark tank to the 8,000 People that showed up this past weekend to the dedicated fans who listen to our podcast, thank you for the download. We appreciate it, but uh, shut up. Yeah, you heard me. (laughs) Jacksonville has 10 plus years of existence, we've had one losing season in the AFL. It was a bad year, remember? We went 7 11. The Jacksonville organization has gotten so spoiled of winning. They don't know what the taste of defeat feels like or tastes like. This is this year. Yes, we lost. We got beat by the best team in the league handily. Columbus did their job. It's not because Jacksonville's bad. It's because Columbus is really freaking good. Yeah. Some of the greatest championship teams in all sports, the New York Yankees, 27-time world champions. The Los Angeles Lakers, 18-time. Boston Celtics, 17-time. How many years have they been existing? Hundreds. That means they've had a lot of years where they've had losing seasons. Yes, fire the coach. Fire the receivers. Fire the quarterback. Whatever. He sucks. You're fans. You have your own opinion. But realize this is only one season in a shortened eight-week season of one of the most winningest programs or franchises in arena history. We've only been around for 12 years, but if you look at our AFL history, we have an Arena Bowl title, we have multiple conference championships, we have two National League championships. Be proud of your organization. Crap. Look across the street and look at the NFL team that represents in the city. The frustration from that is carried over to the arena, and you got to realize arena is a different beast. Jacksonville has a winning tradition in Jack and Arena, so get rid of the NFL stuff. But the fans I've seen on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on the chat boards, on Reddit pages is ridiculous. It's not how you grow a league. Jacksonville is a top-tier NAL team, top tier arena team, period. If you look at the history wise. But you look across that field the other on Friday or Saturday night, you saw the Columbus Lions. They're no, they're not a no-show. They're three-time champions as well. Yes, they didn't play in the Arena League, but they've won titles. They're a winning tradition there in Columbus. Josh Blair and that organization has built themselves a championship-caliber team. Why? It's because we Jacksonville fans made the blueprint of what a championship organization looks like. They're doing it. So, yes, they came in. They did their business. They beat us down. That doesn't mean attack the team and attack the organization, attack other teams, because you think it's the ref's fault or it's the coach's fault. Remember, we lost our starting quarterback week one. We lost our complete secondary in week two, or in this case, it was like week four.
0: Yeah.
1: Injury prone after injury prone. Danny freaking Southwick, the legend himself, came in and upset the Albany Empire. So you're telling me that this Jacksonville Shark team stinks? and they beat the Albany Empire with Danny Southwick with three days of practice? Come on. It was a bad loss. I, it's, honestly, it's not a bad loss. It was a clear death. They beat the crap out of Jacksonville. But the attacking <laughs> but the attacking of the players because they suck, but two weeks ago you were all over them saying how great they were because they beat Albany? Stop being a hypocrite. I know I may get a lot of Jack, Shark fans mad at me, but realize teams go in that arena. Players, especially Danny Southwick's interview, Mason Espinoza, Brian Hicks, everyone we've talked to have said how they look at Jacksonville and go, they are the blueprint of an organization that every national, every arena league needs to be. That tells you something. That means you, the fans, did that. Our organization is winning. We're having a bad year. And guess what? We win this week against Carolina. Guess what happens? Most likely we're in the playoffs. So technically, this bad year, we're still playing for a championship. We're in the tournament. But for right now, easy on the Facebook. Remember, if you're going to have a bad year, at least you did it in the eight-week season. I said for a 16-week season where, geez, I can't stand doing this for 16 weeks if a Sharks team is this bad, we have fans like this. But come on, I love my Shark Nation. 8,000 strong last week, and you came out and support the team in the league, and you saw a great team in Columbus coming that possibly will win the championship in three weeks with a quarterback possibly the MVP um, and Mason Espinosa, they did their lot. They did their work. They came in and they dominated. Yes, Jacksonville struggled. Turnovers kill. Fumbles happen. Danny even talks about in his interview how it, what, it needs to be corrected. But still, it's the passion that we are here in Jacksonville winning championships. Almost ego. But remember, get off your high horse. It's a bad year. <laughs> There are other teams in this league that are built to win championships. This is not our year. Two years ago it was, and then 2017 it was, and 2012 it was. This year is not our year. Let the other teams have some fun. If not, let's see if we can go after again this year. But you know what? That team that came down from Columbus this Saturday, yeah, we're not beating them again, even if it's in Columbus. I'm sorry. But you got to realize there are other teams in this league that are built to win championships. Right now, as of today, Jacksonville's not a championship-caliber team, but that doesn't mean this team can't win anything. Because you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. So get off your high horse, Shark fans. It's a down year. The season's not over. But please do not attack the league, the players, the coaches, and the organizations that help put this league together. Because without you, the fans, there won't be no NAL. all
0: uh, I'll say to that too. Is you know your buddy Steve Curran and that organ and that ownership, they'll it's not like they're going to go off into the offseason and key and just be okay oh. with the results. I mean, come on, come on. For for the history as well of the Jacksonville Sharks. They're going the to the Sharks come back
1: won't be down long. Strong. No.
0: Yeah. I mean
1: next year, Jacksonville would be back in this conversation in the playoffs, possibly in the same position where Columbus is right now or Albany is. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville has that history of like. Yeah, we had a bad like we had a bad year in 2015. We won 7-11. The next mm-hmm. year, we made the Arena Bowl and lost to San Jose. So that just tells you how how big a team can jump back. I just what you saw on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and on the on message boards last this past weekend, it was like really really serious. Yeah. And I don't want that to be the representation of Shark fans who go to the game, have fun, love the game, and know hey, well we lost tonight. Let it tip the cap. Congratulate the other team. Let's come out there next week and try and get another win. But calling for people's jobs for a season that's this year alone, eight-week season, only like yeah. two weeks of training camp, come on. it's That's, like, kind of ridiculous. And all the injuries that happen, um, yeah, it's, it's a bad year for a lot of teams. And for Jacksonville – it's, it's unfamiliar territory, but there's still a possibility of this team doing something. And you just need to find that spark at the right time. They have the players they can do that. I just don't like how we have fans all over these message boards like calling how we lost to the Columbus. How dare we lose to the Columbus Lions? Yeah, we lost to the best team in the league. Usually that happens. You lose to the best team in the league, it's like, touche. You got the W this year. We'll see you next year. Yeah, but come on. The, the, the actions we saw on the Facebook, honestly, for a league that's a as, as national arena league doesn't need to be we need to grow this game together we need to support each other don't support each other because your team won and you can laugh at them just look at the Columbus side of it they're loving this because this is the first time they can talk smack to us because they actually brought the brooms out this week and swept the sharks yep so That's, touche I mean, to the even Josh Blair the owner of the uh, <laughs> even the owner of the uh, Columbus Lions even messaged me and go Oh, well, that's two and oh. I said, Well, touche. See you next year. <laughs> so yeah, so Shout out to Josh, but, yeah, by the way. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so um, but yeah. It's a it was a harsh week, but that's what I wanted to say about it. Congratulations to the Columbus Lions. They came in with their business trip, took care of business, and went home. And for the Sharks, the only thing they gotta do is you know what, get back to the film room, get the back in the practice field and get ready for next uh, this week's game against Carolina and get that Columbus loss out of your head because your season's not over and you still have a chance to make the playoffs and maybe catch a spark and
0: make a run. And we'll talk about that potential trap game there with the Cobras coming to the Shark Tank. Also talk about the, well, what I think is definitely the matchup of the week, matchup of the season as well. After we talked to our special guest this week, if you've been listening and if you've heard as we're talking here, uh, we had Danny Southwick jacksonville sharks starting quarterback on for this week's interview uh talk about of course playing things about his career we talked about the season so far and uh you'll hear as well as we also mentioned uh he will be playing this weekend so uh you will get your starting qb back behind center in what i'm mentioning and previewing is could be a trap game but we'll get more into details on that after the interview otherwise sit back relax and enjoy Joining me and Jim today on the Inside the Walls podcast, we have a special guest from the Jacksonville Sharks, one of the journeymen in the arena scene. We actually, someone brought up the nickname himself, the Ryan Fitzpatrick of the arena football league, of any arena leagues you will. Uh, It's Danny Southwick joining us as well here, uh, join us from Jacksonville. Danny, how are you doing, bud?
2: Doing well. Doing really well. Thanks for having me on.
0: Hey, no problem at all. Yeah, glad we got this together. It came came together really fast, so... You know, really appreciate you getting getting to join us in such short notice here. Uh, first off, how, how are you doing? Obviously, a lot of us that watched the broadcast last weekend at the Shark Tank against the Columbus Lions, uh, you again got knocked out with a bit of a, looked, appeared to be a head injury. Is that right? Uh, no, no head injury. Off, so. no, no, not head injury? No head injury. Um, no, actually, I'm feeling great.
2: You know, okay. when you got youth on your side, like me, you know, you uh, you recover fast. No, just kidding. I'm. 39, but I but I feel like I've recovered. I've recovered uh ahead of my age. I feel great right now, honestly. Um had a little bit of a, a rib issue. Um but actually like it was kind of healing up last week and the hit, although it like irritated it, actually it felt it feels a lot better this week than it did last week. So
0: feel great, ready to go. Well, that's yeah. good. That's good. So are you yeah. are you saying you might be playing this week then? I'm or Okay, so that's a confirmation right there. That's, that's breaking
1: news on the Inside the Walls podcast. <laughs> he is playing this weekend against the Carolina Cobras. Yes, we, all, we, all, hey, we, we always, have a chance this weekend. Woo! Sorry, continue, Zach.
0: <laughs> we're always trying to trying to gauge the injury report before it comes out during these show show preps. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I'm But yeah, no, good to hear that. Good to hear that. Um, I am glad to hear, I'm glad to hear it was definitely you're all right. Uh, I kind of want to myself being, I always start off the shows when I bring players on, uh, yourself, I could do an entire show on just your arena rundown. I mean, the list alone, at least referencing Wikipedia. Um, it's incredible just the amount of teams. I mean, you've been to the NFL, of course, but just the amount of teams in the AFL, or even going into the NAL you've been on, uh, how do you look back on your career so far? You know, just, I've, I mean, it's been, you've been well, everywhere, man. Just yeah, so many different so, travel
2: and stops to go. So I think I've been on the high end of of stops in arena football. I also think that, so, okay, college, I was, I was those were self inflicted wounds, okay, bouncing from Oregon State, BYU to Oregon State. Like, I, I didn't need to do that. I could have stayed there. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe those were like, you know, you know god's way of preparing me for my (laughs) my arena football career because um well you know while it's not ideal um arena football unfortunately you know last 10 years in the afl it's like there's a lot of coach turnover a lot of quarterback turnover even you look at guys like you know tommy grady or eric meyer or guys that have played a while you know um, they've been a lot of teams and, yeah. and, you know, you have your Aaron Garcia, one of the best ever, he's on a lot of different teams and that's cause teams are folding. Coaches are changing. Um, there hasn't been a lot of stability, which is what we're trying to build, you know, hopefully in the NAL moving forward. Um, you know, it'd be great if every situation was, I'm going to throw some old names out there, but it was like a, you know, Mark Greeb with the San Jose Sabercats or Cedric Bonner with the, the Rattlers. Um, Brian, but Brian. that hasn't been, that hasn't been the era um, that that we've been in. I think Dan Radova was in Philly for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, Tommy Grady has, he's even had four or five moves. Um, and then, and then I think one of the things with me, um, is, uh, I've, I've, I haven't ever been one of those teams. that's like a, like a, like a, you know, it's one of the, one of the premier, I haven't really been on a lot of premier. I've been backups on a couple, but never been the starter on a premier team in a league. I see. And when that happens, you know, you got, you got teams are struggling for fans or teams, you know, coaches getting fired and those sorts of things. And it's tough. It's, it's tough. And, um, and so it's part of the nature of it. And then I think when you look at like the, 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 whatever at 25, however many teams has been, I mean, there's a lot going on there, but, but part of that is just, that I'm, I'm still playing now after, you know, I started first year 2008, that's 2021 and, uh, and I'm still doing it. And um, yeah. So, 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 but it's been fun, you know, it's like who else gets that, that opportunity to be in all these cool places, playing all these cool buildings and, and and uh you know, and and when football's done, it's 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 done forever. So so I feel like I'm really fortunate to to have been able to to have so much life in these uh these years I've played.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I'm just I'd be amazed to go. I there's plenty of some of these cities I still haven't visited in my life that I that I need to go and make a visit to. One of them actually being Jacksonville, funny enough. You know, I do want to go check out the Shark Tank as myself. Uh yeah, you know, I need there. I'm I mean, Jim tells me all the time. So, you know, him being the season ticket holder, he can he can give me any of the, any of the scoop and uh, you know how the feel is. So, I I myself I can't wait. And on that point, you know, I compared to Jim, I am still newer into the sport. I've only been to three games total in my lifetime, just to being honest for those out there. But I love the sport and I love covering it. Uh, do you have at least in this rundown of teams you've been on? You know, one that you know, maybe not, maybe if it is Jacksonville, it's Jacksonville, but one that you go back, you just like, you'll have the city you were in or just the experience that it sticks yeah. in your mind. First I thing. Mean, I've been
2: in a, I've been in a few of them. Um, I, Jacksonville is a special city. I'll talk about that in a second. The first place, you know, my first place in the AFL was in Tampa, which is a great, obviously a lot of history there, the, the storm. Um, the first place I really learned, but I played just part of the season there was rookie and it was, it was terrible, <laughs> but the, uh, <laughs> But uh, the next year, I was lucky to learn under Mark Grebe, who I was proud of a second ago. And he's one of the all-time greatest, I think, greatest, you know, in, in AFL history. Right, and, right. Um, and I was able to really learn the game. And, and man, it's like there's so many – a lot of my best friends in life, um, Mark, um, Nick Pertwee, you know, um, Ben, James. Like there's, there's so many guys that I was – uh, you know, made great friends with them in that organization. So I, I love that. And they have great, they have great fans and it's tough to have great fans in, in the Bay area. Cause you got the San Jose sharks and the, the, uh, the giants and the, the, the A's and the Raiders and the, well, they used to have the Raiders and the, and the Niners and and San Jose carved out its own, own good fan base. Um, let's fast forward. You know, we could, we'd be on the whole call talking about each different city and, and sure, most sure. Of the cities I've been to have been, have been, um, have had each their own their own you know positive thing some of some of them more than others, but Jacksonville really is. I told my uh, family when I got here was like this is a different kind of place. Um, I knew it like I think the second third day here I was in an Uber drive Uber car, and the, the guy was asking me what I was doing here, and I and I never really talked about. It. I was, oh, I'm here at work. Well, what are you doing? Ah, uh, you know, I'm playing footballer. And um, well, well for who the Sharks is like oh the Sharks. Well you know I was there when. You know, Aaron Garcia was there. I remember seeing the first game, and he's calling players that I can't even uh, remember. And um, and and they really love the team here and the environment. So we were down about like thirty-five. I uh, we were getting bolted. we were it was not a good game for us last week. Um, but in the fourth quarter, you know, I'm hearing the crowd defense. <laughs> you know, I was like, this is this is these are true fans. And so Jacksonville is really special um, in in that way. Maybe, maybe the most dedicated fan group I've seen in all of my I mean I've been in Orlando, I've been all over the place. Jacksonville is a special I think it's maybe like the right size of arena, right side. So the other places spoke Spokane also has extraordinarily dedicated fans that um, I've heard. But uh but I've been I've been here more than I was. I think I I flew in for a game. And by the way, that's another reason I have a long uh, list is because like often I've been on teams where like I fly in as a favor. Hey, you know, because people know I've been so many places. I know every offense It's like, hey, can you come in and be a backup for us this game? Or Spokane is one of the, actually end ended up starting, but Spokane is one of those teams. But I spent more time in Jacksonville and I really, um, this is, I really enjoy it here. It's a great organization. Great. It's like a world-class um, arena arena team.
0: I'm looking forward. I'm definitely making the trip here. If not the end of the season, definitely next year when the schedule schedule at least expands back to normal. And you're going to see at least more confidence. Comp- I mean, it's not like you aren't seeing a, a no confidence in the fans coming out there. There's eight thousand last week in a losing effort. You you know in, Sorry, in the guys. Short Tank themselves come back. Yeah. <laughs> They'll come back. <laughs> you're, like, you're telling you're loyal. You know I want that experience, and I got one chance in person, Columbus in 2019. I, I was to, I was at a game where it was nine thousand two hundred. It was against the Albany Empire, I believe, the last home game of the season that se- that year. It's my favorite, one of my favorite sports experiences of all time, and it it told me so. It sold me an arena since then. So no
2: way, yeah. I, I actually so Columbus. So I've been in the AFL most of my career, and Columbus has been, I think, um, before they were in the NAL. They were in another league, I think, it's so I I've never played at Columbus, um, although if. You know, if we're able to sneak in the playoffs, it might I might end up having that chance. But that that's cool. It's great to yeah. be in it. arena. Arena football is a great sport when when you have the right environment.
0: Right. I should mention it was the Destroyers, by the way, the AFL uh, Columbus Ohio team. That oh. I should have. I did. That's my bad. Oh, I got it. Yeah, my me. mind
2: is all my mind is all on <laughs> NAL. Got it. Yeah, that's it. That's cool. Okay, got it.
0: But hey, I wouldn't mind visiting Josh and Blair and company out there too. I mean, <laughs> it, they they do have a really solid f- fan group as well out there in Columbus, Georgia. So hey, I get that as well. Uh, speaking yes. of, you know, at least talking the season, you know, I've, you had your last game against the against the Lions. Um, as you, as clarifying, you know, had a bit had an injury that did knock you off the rest of that contest. Um, but you actually came in to help fill in an injury for Mike Faithful early on in the year, um, one that was against what some people still believe is the best team in the NAL in the Albany empire. That game has been one of the best in the season so far. It was your first start of this season. Uh, take us back that you had a week to prepare. You know, you just mentioned how, you know, you know, many of the systems, so it does help that you get to kind of be a plug and play. I mean, that was an incredible game in its own right, just from this year so far.
2: Oh, thanks. Well, um, Yeah. You know, I'd got, I arrived in Jacksonville on a Tuesday, went to practice, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, kind of flew by watching some film and um, I'm familiar with most of the concepts. And uh, you know, that was one of those games where we were able to, you know, I think we moved the ball pretty well. Um, We also made a lot of mistakes on offense and we still need to still are working on cleaning some things up, but, uh, but we were pretty, you know, when when we did pass the ball, we weren't, you know, turning the ball over and all those things, we, we were pretty efficient. And, um, and our defense really, you know, forced some timely turnovers. I think we got a uh, sack safety, you yeah. towards the end of the game that, that helped us. And then uh, a couple turnovers, and then we got the ball late and, and we're able to score that, that t- And we scored, you know, with 50 seconds, I figured with the Tommy, Tommy's one of the best of all time. And I figured we'll probably have to have three or four more possessions before we can finally win this, but I think our defense um, sealed it. And uh, my first taste in Jacksonville and just the, just the, just this kind of pandemonium that happens here in, in, uh, in the arena. And, and uh, yeah, it was, it was, one of my more, my more fun uh, memories as a, as a, as a player.
0: I'll let, I'll let the uh, resident Jacksonville fan take over from this point on uh, no. because we there's plenty on the season. And now that you're, especially since you're playing this week. Uh, plenty of questions going to be coming up on how the season ends for you guys. Sure. sure. So first
1: off, Danny, you feeling good? Getting ready for Saturday?
0: Yeah, I do. I feel really good.
1: Okay. Well, I'm not going to ask any Jaguar qu- uh, shark questions just yet. Um, you, you did play for the LA Kiss. Yep. How was it meeting Gene Simmons?
0: <laughs> it was cool.
2: Gene and Paul weren't, weren't like hands-on owners as you probably would imagine. They weren't, you know, they weren't in the, I've been where owners are, you know, telling us what plays we should run in the two minute situation. You know, when we should go for, you know, two, when we should kick on sides and things like that. Uh, Gene, that was not Gene and Paul. Um, but they were, uh, you know, just kind of rock and roll and, and, uh, that, you know, we had, I feel like we had rock bands playing during our games and stuff. Um, very eighties rock bands, but still pretty, still pretty cool. It was very LA. And, uh, I don't know. I was, that was also, that was another fun year.
1: Well, we always hear some negative things coming out of LA because when you looked at that stadium and you look at that field, you're like, is this really what arena team's supposed to represent? But we, I saw your stats with LA Kiss and off air, you were saying that some of the stats could be different. So they're not confirmed then. Oh, with LA?
2: No, I think the arena stats are uh, – I, I think the AFL uses a pretty I, – I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know what website or whatever. But I, I assume that they're roughly correct. I will say this, though, about the um, LA Kiss. So I played for the LA Kiss their second year. Actually, a little bit in their third year of existence. Um, third and final year. Um, their first year, I was for, I got signed by the Portland Thunder, and um, actually it was kind of a similar situation. I think I was in I was doing a, in my in business school at the time, and I was my, I went to business school at UC Irvine, which is really close to where the LA, and I I was I went right from business school I think to to a game against the Kiss, and that year they had girls dancing in cages they were like descending from, it was like, (laughs) that year was, was, um, it was not your traditional family friendly, uh, arena environment. Um, but yeah, no, but then, but then I think it it, it, that, that stuff didn't happen the the year
1: after. So yeah, their first year of existence was really shaky. Wasn't it?
2: It was pretty crazy. I mean, I think they had a reality TV show on one of those networks and there was like some controversy and I don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's yeah. pretty. Well, I only had to ask the question about the LA Kiss because that's just been, in my opinion, one of the wildest organizations to ever play in the arena. But oh, for sure.
2: It, <laughs> it I mean, it, there has to be a, there. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of intrigue with the LA Kiss. Um,
1: the, yeah. And I was going to say, uh, you AFL, you're basically the Ryan Fitzpatrick of the Nash, of the Arena League. So you've been around. What fan made fan. you? What made you? go to the nal over the ifl
2: well yeah i mean it fits my game better um the ifl has a lot of uh and some really good coaches and some great organizations i i I don't know i wish those some of those organizations would would play in the nal because yeah i'll just i'll just be totally straight i mean i I don't really see the, I mean, the, the IFL is a totally different game. You know, you've got mm-hmm. quarterbacks and shotgun, you've got read zone stuff. Um, a lot of the things they do to completely non-traditional arena football. And, and um, you know, a lot of the, the greatness that's kind of emerged o- over the, the decades of playing arena football is, was, was built on, you know, um, h- how to, you know, throw the ball around the Jack and, and how to deal with, three defensive backs and and what to do if a, a Mac linebacker spies and all these sorts of things that in the IFL, it's really like, to me, it's kind of like an outdoor game played at a smaller field where the arena, the NAL truly is kind of like the, it's, it's, it is the now, like the embodiment of, of it's, 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 it's the direct descendant of, you know, those, those original um, AFL rules. And, and so that's why I'm in the NAL. Um, on top of that, yeah, I mean, I'm sure, like, I did have a, an IFL team and, you know, maybe could have had more, you know, reach out to me, but I would have been probably rotating with some guy that would have been running it in the red zone, and that's sort of that's, – that's not the – that's not what I want to play. I love – I love the arena game. I think in many ways um, – well, you know, there's more points scored. Um, and and in another thing about the arena game is um, it gives you a, a sense of, like, the old-school West Coast offense in ways that um, – you know, you don't even see an outdoor game in some sense where, you know, you got a quarterback under center, you're getting rid of the ball quick. Um, things are on time, you know, there's efficiency. So it's a, you know, Pat O'Hara. I remember when I was first trying out for arena, he's, he's, I think he's a quarterback coach with the Titans or something. Now but he played arena and he remember him describing, it's like when I was very first trying, I was described to arena football as a beautiful game. And now, you know, 13 years later, I, I can, I, I agree. It's, it is a beautiful game. And, um, and uh, yeah, it's the only game I would want to play. I, I just hope that um, this particular brand of football, the way that, the way that we do it, that we can, that we can grow, because <clears throat> I will give the IFL its credit. I mean, they've got, I think got good players and they, they especially have great organizations and they have some great coaches there so that they're obviously doing some, some things right. Um, but I think the NAL has uh, got some great organizations too. And, and I'd like to see us, you know, continue to grow.
1: Yeah. Well, not, he answered my second, my next question. So we, for people I don't know, you are the stepson of the late Larry King. Yeah. What, um, he's a big mega star when he was in his heyday. Any big type of superstars, actors, actresses have you met that may, you know, glowed people away that Danny would actually. I, mean, I mean, honestly,
2: this sounds terrible, but I mean, ask me who I haven't met is probably a better question. Like, I mean, I, we've, I've met a lot of, I've met a lot of people, <laughs> not not by any virtue of like myself, like just by virtue of being around Larry, you know, it's like, Oh, there's an Al Pacino, you know, there's Michael Jordan. There's, you know, Oh, Bill Clinton. Hi. You know, it's like, Larry just lived in a different kind of world that um, he's like a magic portal that just kind of, you, you know, like you're in a movie almost. And, uh, and, and, um, and that was cool, you know, even to the end of his, his life, he still, you know, stayed in great touch with a lot of, you know, influential people um but the thing i'll you know miss about larry was was uh how much he cared about you know so he obviously he has so many great you know qualities great interviewer and um you know, got a great sense of humor and and those things but he really um he's somebody that really supported the dreams of, of people around him and he was uh always supportive of of me when i was in high school football he you know he would he was the pa announcer at my high school football games believe it or not
1: Um, i was like at the height That'd of my awesome. fame
2: um <laughs> When when we played uh, the game against the uh, Tony, I was at the Portland Thunder and we played against the Kiss, you know, that was in his hometown, he came to the game and after the game he comes in and he, he, he like he walked into the locker room with me and He's holding my hand. Which is which is uh really sweet, but it, it it didn't feel sweet then. I was really embarrassed. It was like my stepdad's holding my my hand and I'm like this grown man and we're walking in the locker room. c we'd lost the game and the coaches are looking like, Who is this? <laughs> and uh, and uh, but he just, you know, he wanted to be there, wanted to be a part of it and and uh, he, he watched a lot of arena football, believe it or not. Um, and uh, and um, it's just because that's just a tribute to who he, to who he was. If I would have been a ping pong player, he'd have watched ping pong, if I would have been a lawyer, he would have been interested in in my court cases you know or whatever my 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 mergers and acquisition contracts or <laughs> whatever like he just <laughs> he was just he was just a genuine, uh genuinely generally you know or genuinely supportive uh person and uh, i was lucky to, to uh to have him as a as a stepdad
1: cool that's that's what you call dedication and usually a lot of people out there that are playing this game don't have family members that are like that dedicated to follow their per their son or their husband wherever they go because well Larry did have the money he can do something like that. Uh, I got also- a lot
2: of I got a lot of support. The first the first the first in that seat is my wife, mm-hmm. uh, who has been with me through all of this. Tilly has has uh, supported me through and 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 most arena players will play a long time. Um, if you're going to play a long time, and if you're in a relationship, you have a very supportive better half and uh, and now my kids. You know I've got three kids and um, they didn't have to. They, they could have stomped their foot and not let their dad um, do what he loved, but, but uh, they've been supportive of me. So I've, I'm very lucky to have uh, supportive people in, in, in my corner for sure.
0: That's awesome.
1: So my final question for you, this may be a little tough one. With all the traveling around the arena league, will you change anything if you relived your life?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, I mean, if you, if, if you, if you, you know, would go back to your life and you think, well, you know, I do everything the same. Then to me, that signifies you haven't learned anything, right? So, so, so it depends on on and what how like we're talking about this. And so like I'm I'm a aspiring research psychologist. So you're asking me a, a complex question, I probably could make it like overthink it. But um, but in the in the in the in the sense that would I would I change, you know, I, I don't I'm very happy with the way that my life has turned out. And I think I've learned the lessons that, that, um, that, that were important for me. You know, I'm a person of faith, I believe in God. I believe that I, you know, the lessons that I, um, that I needed to learn, the 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 things I needed to go through, the the opportunity, like those, those things have unfolded in ways that I've been really, really happy with. Now, if I had my knowledge now, and would I go back and do the exact same things? Like, I mean, I don't think any of us will, will hopefully if, you know, we, we wouldn't. Right. So, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, things I, 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 I'm sure I could have done better, you know, not transferring five times in college would have been a start, um, uh, allowing myself to kind of get, uh, you know, one system. I excited a lot of, you know, great opportunities and, and, uh, and, and may unfortunately, you know, kind of flush some of those, uh, down the toilet with, with, uh, being impatient or, or kind of learning it. But, you know, now I kind of know how that goes. And there are people there are young kids or whether it's, uh, you know, you mentioned, um, Dallin who listens to your show, he's a college quarterback. You know, I can give him some advice. Hey, you know, don't go to six schools, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> or other people, you know, my kids or whoever, you know, I'm, I'm able to learn lessons and pass them on. And I think, you know, um, the people in my family that were playing supposed my uncle Ryan and my uncle Brett, who were really like brothers and, and me, we were all, you know, kind of all state quarterbacks. We all played college football. Brett also got a shot in the NFL. Um, um we were kind of first generation athletes, you know, where we were learning a lot of these things and, and, uh, and so none of us would have done exactly the same things, you know, going back just because it takes that, that kind of first time to go, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, do this differently next time. so hopefully I've gotten smarter though, from, from, uh, <laughs> from all the the kind of foibles that I've and, and maybe missteps that I've, that I've taken along the way. But, but if I've, if I've taken missteps um, I think that they've generally been um, you know, one step back, two steps forward, or twelve steps back, thirteen steps forward. You know, I feel like sure. I've made progress. I don't feel like I've like, you know, it's just gone backwards.
1: So, also, I looked at your resume in college. It's very rare when you see athletes or quarterbacks play for two rivals,
2: BYU, BYU and
1: Utah. Utah. Yeah, uh, the holy war, as they call it in Utah. I don't think they the call it now, holy but war. used to. They used to be called that. Yeah, um, that's so like it's... down here people a quarterback going to Florida State then transferring to Florida then transferring to Miami you don't see that um, yeah what was that experience was that just trying to just get you know your foot in the door to try and get on playing time or did no, you didn't care about the rival itself
2: yeah so um so I signed up BYU out of high school right went on a two-year mission for my church went home um there was kind of a my uncle Brett had been the starting quarterback at BYU things didn't quite go well It was kind of a kind of a weird vibe there at the time to be like brett's nephew and 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 really like his brother and then going there after it's kind of just it was an odd situation that happened with him there his his, uh junior year and he actually went to the uh left for the nfl early um Mm -hmm. signed as a as a free agent but so I, i said i'll go i'll go to oregon state and i went to oregon state and um you know my coach left within a week of me signing dennis erickson mike riley comes in and and, uh, and that's, that's, that's kind of a, a tough blow, um, because I know I'm kind of giving you a long answer here, so I'm sorry, okay. but, um, but, um, cause you know, you have guys that, that know you and the, the guys that recruited you and then new people come in, but Mike Riley was great. And I shouldn't, I went to Dixie state college of all places, dumb decision. And when I was done with Dixie, I had a chance to, I really wanted to go to BYU the whole time. Like BYU was my dream. since a little kid, I, I wanted to play at BYU, I used to watch Ty Detmer, I was, you know, like I grew up in the. It's like, I've been to a lot of games and it was, it was, it's like, it's really a cool vibe there. Um, but I also wanted to stay in state. Like I realized that like, I really didn't want to, and I was dating who's now my wife at the time and she was kind of living in Salt Lake. And I mean, I had some opportunities, like Penn state had offered me um, out of Dixie state and some other places that I could have gone to, but I, um, I just opted to, to go to the university of Utah because Alex Smith had left and Brian Johnson who ended up being really good um was there and um as it turned out you know um uh, i i uh i think i took the bait a little bit like you know of course i mean i was a preferred walk on um but like I, I Brian Johnson got first and second string reps and i got third so i think i don't think there was ever kind of a plan for for me to to uh to to so much compete but but um I stayed there for a year. And by the end of it, you know, I was backing up, um, Brian Johnson got hurt. I was backing up a guy named Brett Ratliff, who um, picked up, I was say the Jets for a little bit. And, um, and then um, Tommy Grady um, was on our, he got transferred onto our team, believe it or not, um, Hmm. from Oklahoma. And, but I, I left, you know, I was like, well, you know, I don't know if I'll get a shot here. And I, so I went back to Dixie and that was a bad move because we had moved from junior college to D2. I think we didn't win any games and it was, if, if. it was a real uphill climb to even get into the arena league from that point because then I was like at Occidental and like who's Occidental? And like, you know, but um anyway to, to sorry, sorry to give you that that travelogue, but 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 anyway, I, Utah was is a really cool school. I mean, especially now. Now they're in the Pac Ten. Um it's and, and I remember being in I remember being the backup for the BYU Utah game. It's just like it's it's very electric, you know. I'm not sure if it's quite like you have down here in Florida with like Florida State, Miami, but it it is. It is something else up there, and you know, good memories. So, anyway, might have to edit like ten of those minutes out because I'm I'm rambling. Uh, Never ask, never ask a thirty-nine-year-old about their their history. Oh, football.
0: that's all right. I mean, hey, I'm I'm always up for the story. So, you know, why not give me why not give me the uh, whole enchilada if I want to sound cheesy? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! But uh, let's let's go back to your uh, to season right now. So. Obviously it's been a rough year for Jacksonville, uh, in terms of, you know, you know, what, at least what fan base expects, you know, the consistent success the franchise has had, um, you know, but still sitting in at least in the fourth spot right now, looking for that final clinch clinch. Uh, you have at least another step towards that this week against Carolina played you guys really in a feisty manner last time, almost upset you guys in the state just two weeks ago. So, uh, you know this time it looks like Sumner's played or Sumner's played really de- at least decently against Orlando um Castronova if he was if he's going to back up at any time you know he can fill in as well and that roster at least seems to be playing better as of the second half of the season trying to at least prove something at the end um what do, what do you do to at least prepare yourselves you know there's coming to the snake pit or the uh Shark Tank of course this time but you know what do you prepare yourselves for at least someone that is a team like there's nothing left to lose
2: Look, I mean, uh Carolina actually has a lot to gain too, right? They have don't they play play us and then they play Orlando, right? Yeah, and they play they Orlando play, one more time. Yeah. So they control their own destiny. You know, we control our own destiny. I think Jersey, um, I'm sure they're hopeful that they can have some breaks and that that's a good football team. let's have a tough yes. schedule. Like we've had we've had a tough schedule too, right? So we play mm-hmm. Columbus twice, we have Albany twice. Um so everyone's still in it and Carolina's still You know they're still fighting and uh i'm sure they'll come out here uh i'm sure they feel like you know we we snuck out of there with a win and and i'm sure they're uh you know game planning us and and they're gonna be ready for a fight you know and and so um our outlook is to to go out there and to to try to execute and do the do the do the basic things that allow us to play good football which which you know we've been we have you're right we've been hit and miss um you know, unfortunately, and, and that's the thing is we, we do have a, we do have a good football team here in Jacksonville. So I think since I've been here. We've been, you know, two and two, which is, you know, that's not good enough here. And before that, we'd lost a couple of games and, and it's not like, you know, if you look at kind of the, the course of the game, even last week against Columbus where we got beat by, I don't know, hundred points, it was like, you know, kind of move the ball up and down the field, but make a bonehead play like a fumble or a snap or uh, something was going to, it's going to happen wrong. And, and, um, that's the kind of thing that we have to eliminate, you know. So like we have the, we have the players here to be effective, um, but no amount of you know skill or ability is gonna overcome you know eight turnovers or whatever we have. So we we have to do a good job um, doing the doing the fundamentals to to be ready for for a tough team. Here here's another thing about arena football that's changed. Arena football when I started was like 19 teams in the mm-hmm. AFL. Now there's six. When you have a league of six teams, there is not a ton of difference between the first and the sixth. So uh, so a few years ago in the AFL, um, the Valor won the championship. And their record was like four and eight or something. That's right. Bad record. It was like, well, how does that happen? It's a terrible league. Well, you know, think about any other league. If you were to take the NBA and you were to have, you know, the four best teams, the Bucks, the Suns, the Lakers, the Clippers, or the Jazz, right? Like Yeah. If they all played each other, somebody's going to have a crappy record, but it wouldn't be too shocking if they'd win. And that's how it is now. Like Carolina, I'm sure still feel like they have a chance to win it all. You know, everybody, I mean, despite, despite everything that everyone's been through, it just takes a little bit of a run. So um, this is, this is, this is going to be a tough game. Every game's a tough game in this league and we have to be ready to play our best football to win.
0: Right. And, and, you know, touching on how good the talent is at least between the six teams. I mean, I look back at at least the shark schedule. You guys have had a chance. This could be between you guys, I would say, and, and New Jersey, it seems like it's just been some instances where it's like, if it just went one way in a few games, things could be completely different on the records. I mean, for Jacksonville, I look back to, for example, both those Orlando games in particular, you know, ironically the same loss, or at least in score score. both times, 52 to 41, but you know, at least you look back, for example, the last game against Orlando in the, in the jungle, in the Amway center, you know, miscues, uh, you know, one of the best kickers in the league misses a chip shot right at the goal line, or, you know, you have just one interception goes the wrong way at the wrong time for yourself, you know, yeah. in a game where it's one possession and it's back and forth, you know, yeah, there's things yeah. like that. You know, it just seems like sometimes seasons go like that. Um, and it's uh, for fans. We've noticed this week uh, on one of the main groups that we are on um, frustrations do, you know, as you're talking for how good the the organization has been, they have tended to a little be a little almost overblown in my eyes. You um, have a message to some Sharks fans, you know, maybe just for like how the year's gone. Maybe like, hey guys, you know, here, we're still in it, right? <laughs> you know, or just something to give. Look,
2: some- I, I get the frustration. You know, they want to win, and they have every right to expect in this city, you know, a winning team. Um I think. You know, what I would say is, um, you know, this thing's not over, you know, Mm -hmm. that that, this, like you said, a couple of games could have went a a different way here or there um, that we can't do anything about that now, but um, depending on how we play in the next two weeks, um, we get a new season and it's a two week season and, and um, you know, we have, we have the players to do it we have the players to do it. We, we, uh, have the, have the coach, we have the system We have the organization to do it. We just, just got it. We need to come together uh, as a team and, and hopefully have a great, uh, you know, support from the fans, this game, be real loud there and, and, and come out with this, with this, this crucial one. This is the most important game of the year so far. Right. Right. Get this one, um, kind of changes the dynamic. And, uh, and so, so we, 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 uh, you know, things haven't gone our way this far, but, but, um, Crazier things have happened. And, uh, and let's, let's, let's rally for a couple of good last games of the year and let's, let's see where we are then. So uh, still, still, still got the fourth quarter to play of the season, right?
0: Arena football's a crazy sport. That's all I can tell you. And that's something, one of the reasons I love it, me and Jim, that is love it so much. Uh, Danny, thank you for joining us today on the show. Uh, really cannot appreciate it enough here. Um, wishing you the best this week against Carolina, you know, uh it's, like i said it's the one it's the most important game so far this season for you guys so you know definitely is going to be one that we'll be stu- tuning into and uh you know has massive implications for that fourth spot so you know it does I it out. does yeah uh, i actually yeah. want to end with like, one more question what do yeah. you what what's the future hold for you arena wise um maybe after this year
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm um, not uh, announcing any kind of retirement or anything like that, you know, like as long as I can, as long as I can do it, as long as, you know, it's, it's right opportunity for my family. You know, I'll probably probably play as long as my body feels right. I don't feel like I'm slowing down. So, um, so we'll, we'll see to be continued. I think, you know, the the league's going to, you know, continuing to grow and um, you know, we'll see, but, but, uh, but that's, that's for a later chapter. And, uh, and, and right now it's all, all eyes on Carolina.
0: Well, we wish you the best this week. Thank you very much for joining us, Danny. Um, and well go sharks. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks fellas. Appreciate it. Anytime. Special thanks once again to Danny Southwick for joining the show. Really love getting to talk to him and Jim, plenty, plenty of great questions there for him as well. You know, just kind of talking about his life in general and, uh, all the different ventures he's had in arena, you know, again, just the, go to his Wikipedia page if you're listening, folks. Like, if you have not been to it, the list is endless. He's been everywhere. I mean, 08 yeah. till now, the story. he's been everywhere. You know?
1: Starts in Louisville, goes to Portland, goes to L.A., stops in Spokane, goes to San Antonio, plays for the Talons, and he will stay in the Oakland Raiders now who's Las Vegas, but it was a local, local Raiders there. But, yeah, uh, he is the... <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick of the arena
0: league. I love that. And
1: <laughs> it's, and of course he's pursuing educations, pursuing to become a doctor uh, degree. Uh, for, so the guy is everywhere. And the reason why he's been on a lot of teams is because he knows a lot of playbooks and he can be insert place and go. And he kind of did that here in Jacksonville and he got the first win. when he first got here, so it's been mm-hmm. two and two as a quarterback, but still uh, I, again, Zach, me and you are same. we we thank these guys coming on. I know we've shown a lot of love to quarterbacks so far on our program. Yes. Um, but we do possibly have a coach next week. Oh, it's, don't know it's, if
0: it's... it's definitely right now. Uh so it so should it's be de- definitely, but okay. you know, we'll get an update, you know.
1: Uh so we'll possibly get the coaching. Um, I've reached out to a couple of wide receivers. I'm um, just waiting to see. Uh, so we're going to get into a position. We're not going to be just a quarterback podcast. Uh, but again, Danny freaking Southwick, a legend <laughs> of the game, um, mm-hmm. came onto the podcast. And I want to say thank you. He's busy. He has a family. His family, they support him. We support the league. The guy came here, win games, and crap. He's been everywhere. Yeah. And I really appreciate him spending some time on a podcast covering the National Arena League.
0: An amazing life, you know, or I, I think for travel is an amazing life. So, you know, I love, love hearing all about it. And honestly, as he said at the beginning too, you could probably, you could have an entire podcast about just travels. So I would love to have him on. Hopefully we can have him on again someday just to talk only those teams, but mm-hmm. you know, it, for now he's got to focus on, you know, his upcoming game. Cause you know, unfortunately he, like we said, he was knocked out early in the early second quarter of this, of last week's contest against the lions, Uh, as you heard there, he is good to go. He will be playing in the shark tank against the Cobras this week in a crucial contest. One of the two crucial contests this week, really, that I think will determine seeding as well as determine what I think could be the lock for the playoff in general. It won't be official, but I think both these matchups in week nine to me will solidify the, at least I think they solidify the playoffs. It's not impossible those change, but Here's the, here, but yeah, here's the deal. You got two matchups this week. First off, we'll start off Cobra Sharks, and then we'll go and talk uh, what I think is the game of the week. But Cobra's visiting the Shark Tank to take on the Jacksonville Sharks. The, the Carolina Cobras have been playing, I would say, significantly better. Jim, you have said it as well. Uh, at least the last few contests, uh, they've played in both Orlando and Jacksonville, funny enough, last two weeks, very close. Uh, Jacksonville in particular, really close. They should. They actually, I think, still should have upset them in the snake pit they're going to travel to the shark tank uh which will be rowdy as it's been all year as it's been in years past uh southwick's going to be healthy the roster you know still somewhat banged up but has the pieces to win games and they're going to be taking a cobras team that has nothing to lose right now uh with aiken behind center who showed that he has some decent mobility and is not afraid to mix things up either in the pocket or out of the pocket uh, Jim, how do you see this one going? Like, what are, what are some keys to the game for this?
1: The keys of the game for me is turnovers. What killed the Jacksonville Sharks against the Columbus Lions this past week was seven turnovers. You're not going to win a football game when you're putting a crooked number up there on turnovers. Uh, same for Carolina. Carolina had turnover issues against the Orlando Predators. But the issue, the thing to me is – Danny Southwick, in my opinion, he needs to get comfortable in the pocket. He didn't have any time against uh, Columbus last week. Columbus was just destroying the offensive line for Jacksonville. He couldn't get anything going, and the the center to quarterback exchange was always getting flustered. You know, and gotta give credit to Columbus defense, by the way, who are yeah. the NAL Inside the Wall Inside the Walls podcast uh, week eight MVPs, which is the which is the Columbus Lions defense. Um, but I look at this game, and I look at the how the Columbus, uh, excuse me, the Carolina Cobras have been playing over the last couple of weeks. They've been playing much better. Uh, now they got Aiken in as a quarterback. Their offense is moving a little bit more, you know, fluently. It's not it's not being stagnant like it was a few times this year. And I look at Jacksonville. Jacksonville needs to come out early in the game, strike first and set the tempo early, get the fans in the t- in, in, in the game. Might not get 8,000 in the attendance this week. Might get around five, normal five, six. But still, you want to get the fans in the stands on your side. This, in my opinion, is Jacksonville's not last hope, but for them to get into the playoffs. Yes, we're still a chance to get into postseason, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. They have to win this game. Because if you lose this game, you're behind the eight ball where you need a miracle to happen next weekend you need or you need columbus to lose you need excuse me you need carolina to lose you need jersey to lose and you need to upset albany to get in and that's a tall task now if jackson wins this week they put the pressure on new jersey to for jersey to have a must win at columbus and even though what happens in, in the game of the week this week between columbus and albany Columbus may be still playing for something where they have they're, they're going to play Jersey tough, and Jersey's gonna play tough anyways, but at least you'll know Columbus is gonna be playing for something. So you might have that advantage of getting that final spot. For, for this week, I look at this. You got to look at Jacksonville. You gotta get Devin Wilson the ball early and a lot. You gotta get Robinson the ball early and a lot. You got to get the receivers out in motion. You get Jermon Fortson, get him open. And Zach Brown is returning from what I can sell from the transition on uh, wire. He's coming off of his seven day DL or a seven day, um, IR. reserve
0: mm-hmm.
1: IR, excuse me. And so he'll be back. So you get your linebacker slash running back back. Uh, so that helps right there. So for Jacksonville, I just say, you know, Carolinas will come in with a mission. They're, they're going to be this, the spoiler of your season or they're going to fight to try and get their way back into the playoff because if Carolina wins the next two weeks with Jacksonville and Jersey losing the next two weeks, Carolina's the four seed. They're still in it. Uh so that's how hard it is in this game but for Jacksonville's guy gets say up Southwick. Almost got that little real southern twang right there. Almost got there <laughs> little Southwick. Uh get Southwick going uh no you get Southwick <laughs> going with Get him in the offense. Get the pace of the game in your favor. Get the crowd in. Problem: The thing that happened last week that I noticed very early is that Columbus took the crowd out of the game quickly. Yes. That 8,000 crowd had no effect in the fourth quarter. It was, they're, they're all having fun with popcorns and dancing because all the music is playing, but they weren't paying attention to the game because it was one-sided. Keep the crowd in the game. If you're Carolina, your goal is to take the game out of the crowd. You do that, you have easy sailing, but – For me, as much as I want to pick Carolina here because I think Carolina's playing better football, it's—I'm not, you know—I'm being kind of biased. But we had we had freaking Danny Southwick on the podcast. I am not going to pick Carolina after having him on the podcast. I'm doing this because we got word on this podcast, which is breaking news now on our Twitter account. By the way, he will be playing against the Carolina Cobras. So Danny freaking Southwick keeps this Jacksonville Sharks season alive. And it's all well, good last week. Never happened. Happy. Everyone's happy here in Jacksonville. Southway pulls off a close victory and we get the W. So give me the sharks over the Carolina Cobras in a very competitive game. I want to say about 53 to 48 type of style. We're going to see another heart pounding last to the very end type of type of game here in Jacksonville this Saturday.
0: I think that's reasonable. I mean, after two weeks ago, we, we had a similar ordeal, um, you know, and I, I'd wonder what was going to happen here with Aiken. Um, and I think Aiken, to me, is an X factor because he gets another week under his belt with both working with B.J. Bun and Kendrick Ings in that receiving core. Which, by the way, both are excellent receivers in their own right for Arena. Uh, Ings has been on a tear, pretty much under the radar in his own right, um, just because of the fact of how Carolina has had it their year. I uh, really. I think you get another week of him getting some rap with those two receivers. Uh, mm-hmm. The defense for Carolina has gradually played better in its last few contests. Correct. Um, you know, so there's positivity there. Uh, they just haven't, you know, they haven't been putting it together now to me. I'm maybe I just like chaos. Maybe I just, um, uh, m- maybe I'm just wanting Danny to do a prove it type of deal here. Um, I'm saying Carolina plays spoiler for this one. I I think uh, I think just based on their performance two weeks ago, and that Aiken adds that extra variable to his game where he can break out of the pocket. You've you've just said it best, mm-hmm. Jim. Uh, he plays IFL QB ball, which is essentially yeah. bail out of the pocket if you get the chance, and you know destroy a secondary that wasn't ready for it, uh, which he used that to decent effect against Orlando last week. So. I think that they utilize that more where you let Aiken basically decide what he wants to do on any given snap, and he can be the offense himself. And I think you see an upset. It's going to be close, but I think you see an upset. I'm going to go here 55-50, Cobras take the win in the Shark Tank, and the playoffs for the Jacksonville Sharks become murkier after this week. Is how I see it. I but to Danny, if he, to Danny, if he's listening into this portion, hey, you know, prove it. That's all I could tell you. I, I, I think, I think Jacksonville's <laughs> definitely Jacksonville's definitely capable. I'm just saying, Carolina has nothing to lose, and that is that is one of the scariest archetypes of any football mm-hmm. team in any league. Is a team that is basically like, oh yeah, we we got nothing to lose. We're at yeah. the bottom. Uh, there's there's less pressure on us really because we're having less expectations right now. Yeah, I mean, that to me, that's what I'm banking on. Maybe it's silly, but I also have some evidence as I've said to prove it or to say that there might be something here. I'm taking Carolina for this contest, so we'll be split this week on that one at the very least.
1: Honestly, that that okay. Well, finally, we go head to head, but also to put them back on my side, if Jacksonville wins, you want to win, even though I predict it's going to be a close win, if you want to get that point differential competitive for next for the final week of the season you might have to try to beat carolina 15 maybe two possessions maybe three possessions because you are 30 points back in the point differential of new jersey oh yeah which that could be an effect next week if you know jacks wins this week and they lose albany and jersey beats uh columbus next week because they their point differential is plus 30 over us so they'll get the they'll get the bid into the playoffs. so even the win over Carolina this week doesn't lock Jacksonville into the postseason. It is literally, they have to go out this week, win, and try to win impressively. So they that point differential gets smaller. So you put a situation where Jersey has to win against Columbus next week. Yeah. Um, honestly, they have to win because if they lose, it's in. So um, it's going to be an intriguing weekend. So, but I honestly, it can happen. We saw it this week in Columbus and Jacksonville. I won't be surprised if uh, Caroline came in and did exactly what you said they were going to do. Um, it's just uh, Jackson was in the type of murky situation right now. And for me, I've, I've, if Danny wasn't the guy who we interviewed this week, I'll be saying <laughs> Carolina right now. Uh, yeah. But I'm because, but because freaking Danny Southwick, he's the reason why I'm picking. Uh, I, seem, but yeah, I but. seem like
0: the jerk for doing that. Him, <laughs> but, you, <know>? you are. <laughs>
1: See, I was a jerk in the first hour of the program. Now you're the jerk for the second hour of the program. Oh, Anyways.
0: Someone but, just like one of us.
1: <laughs> but I do know this. We do not have a game of the week vote for the podcast because we don't need it. We already know what the game of the week is. Yeah, well, let's be honest. So, <laughs> let's
0: yes, be honest here. It, this is the game of the week. If if you thought we were, I mean, we usually are kind and we want to listen to fans, but like, come on. If, the, if this didn't get game of the week, like seriously, why are you even, why are you voting the other one? It, it is the two top teams it is a rematch of one of the better games of the season in week one mm-hmm. where we have had, I mean, we're crying out loud from talking with Josh, uh, you know, just to fill in. I mean, Columbus wasn't even at full strength for that game. And we've seen these teams kind of, you know, they both have same records. We, but we've seen them going a little bit of different paths. To me, I've been stressing that to me, Columbus for the better half of the, for a better half of the year so far has looked like the overall better team in mm-hmm. certain, in mostly just because of the defense that they possess right now, uh, right. and they short up the kicking position. Uh, offensively, they have weapons to throw to all across the board. So, to me, right now, they look like the best team. Now, credit they have the loss against Albany, but this one, this game can solidify that top spot, and it should be fireworks on the scoreboard. It all the excitement here for all for what is should be an ideal potentially best game of the season atmosphere is going to be in Columbus Georgia this weekend. It'll be that contest. And apparently it's going to be packed in. It sounds like they've sold a lot of tickets for this one too. Uh it'll be a good one. Should be a good one.
1: Yeah, it should be it should be a great one from from the people we talked to. Uh it looks like it's going to be a good attendance. Big time show it. I know they're giving away some jerseys. Uh, they've been advertising on their uh, Twitter and social media, so I guarantee it's going to be – I think it's going to be packed. Unfortunately, I won't get to see it live because I'll be in the Jacksonville game Right. Um, because I'm a loyal fan. I'm not a traitor um, to my fans, but it's, I really – it's going to be hard for me not to get the spoilers because we will be covering it. Yep. Um, yep. But you were talking about the Columbus Lions, that they are the best team that you think they are the best team. They lost to Albany by five, the week one. Yes. Then they beat. Then they beat Orlando in week two by fifteen. Then they beat Jersey by twenty four. Then they beat Jacksonville by twenty four. Then they then they beat Carolina by fourteen. Then did they dominate Jacksonville? Ever since the five point loss to the Jacksonville uh, to the Albany Empire in week one, they have dominated everyone they played. Yeah, it's been one-sided the whole time. The only team that gave them a competition was the Albany Empire up in Albany. Now they're in their friendly confines of their own stadium of the Columbus Civic Center. Remember, go get your tickets at ColumbusLions.com. Mm-hmm. Let's vote your lines, lines fans. Um, not a sponsor. We're just telling you to go buy tickets. Uh, but you're going to have the two best quarterbacks in leagues go head to head again: Tommy Grady, Mason Episode of Espinoza. You're going to have five of the – you're going to have six of the best receivers in the league play against each other. you got Lonnie Otlaw. you got the Loach. You have Antoine Grant. You have Darius De- Prince. You have Malachi Jones. You have Barnett. You have a loaded roster on both sides. But in this game, in my opinion, it's going to be kind of intriguing that the X factor may not be the quarterbacks, may not be the wide receivers, may not even be the defense. It's going to come down to Crawford and Ruffins. Who's going to be the fullback and the running back that actually is going to be the X factor for their offense. And I'm leaning to Crawford. Yeah. I've, I've watched this Columbus team live in Shark Tank. They're big. They're athletic. And they have, honestly, we've said it multiple times on this podcast. They have... This year's NAL MVP in Mason Espinosa. If he doesn't win the award, I, I'm I'm going to protest. I'm going to go to Atlanta, for the kid uh, going to Sigfried's <laughs> house with a sign. You know, Mason Espinosa is the MVP. What the heck are you doing? Yeah, I'll meet um, you up in
0: Jacksonville. We'll go. We'll go have a little road trip.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. But this game is going to be awesome. I this is honestly, whoever wins this game gets the advantage of who hosts home field advantage, and. It's going to be intriguing. It's going to, if Columbus wins, they are they're they're in the big advantage because they split the series between Albany. They have the point advantage on their side, so they might need Jacksonville to help them out in the final week for them to clinch home field. But if Albany wins, they basically lock it down and they Columbus get host the uh, Orlando Predators in the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So this is a big game for playoff scenarios. But the bit difference between Jacksonville, Carolina – Jacksonville, Carolina playing for the playoff lives. Albany and Columbus are just playing on who's going to host that championship game, which might have another rematch between these two teams.
0: But if we look at the – I, I just thought of something funny here, the way you described that. So yeah the way you just described the empire and the lions to me kind of relates yeah. to the uh, modern corporate space race right now, Richard Branson Correct. versus Jeff Bezos <laughs> is currently what's going on in Columbus this weekend. <laughs> no, I want to be number one. No, I want to no, be, be number one. Meanwhile, in Jacksonville, yeah. I just want to be there.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's that's a very that's a very ironic how you just switch from a arena football game to uh, Sometimes who, things just
0: who can go float between. in
1: space for six seconds. Um, but I, there's another thing I'll tell you off air what uh, I was told about the spaceships that are kind of ironic. Just look at Jeff Bezos space station. You'll understand oh, what I'm talking about. I know where this is coming from. <laughs> but uh, um, he's a. Okay, this is not funny. Uh, this is going. I'm going to just say it's not going to be bad. He said in this post, it's like it's amazing that I la- I float for six seconds in space, and they sh- and they and they showed the rocket ship that he took off. There's the pun. Uh, so, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> uh, just blame Barstool Sports for that. That was funny. Oh, my God. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but still, yes, you can. You, you, yeah, this is you, you know Amazon versus Virgin. Airways, okay. That's that's who's competing for the number one seat in the NAL. Don't know how we got into talking about space, but thank you, Zach. Um, but we're okay. But where's Elon Musk in this conversation now? Home, uh, it's like, homeboy's like, okay, you can fly in space. I'm just going to go to Mars, so I'm going to just chill. Um <laughs> so we forget about Elon Musk and poor NASA is like, oh, well, we can't find the funding because the government. Uh, but anyway, no, NASA is the Arena Football League.
0: Oh, there we go. Oh. Hard. <laughs>
1: Harsh. Oh, I just oh, I just ticked off more people. Sorry, hey, AFL
0: fans listening in.
1: Jim is on fire today. But anyways, yeah, um, let's get back to the action. Sorry oh about the rocket ship joke. That's terrible. But anyways, um, but yeah, this is an epic game. I think Josh says, talk about the game, dang it. That's all right. But anyways, um, got two good teams here. I watched. I didn't see Albany, Albany live, but I did see Columbus live. Big, strong, athletic, good quarterback, best defense in the league, good receivers. Uh, Mason Espinoza, finally home. They've been away from home for, like I think, like five weeks now, it seems That's like. I think, their last, I think the last home game, was, I think they played against Jacksonville, I think, was their last home game. Um. So, yeah, it's been a while. So, yeah. it's a couple of weeks. So, they're finally back home. Five and one, you win this game. You're in, you get your six and one. You're in good position to wrap it up against Jersey as number one overall seed. And you'd rather be hosting the championship game than traveling, just ask the Sharks. It's nice hosting championship games. The crowd's always big on your side. And of course, we've heard good attendance. Um, but for some odd reason, this game, you got the legend on the other side of the field, uh, Tommy Grady. He's not going to be an easy out. And now Columbus actually has more than just four days to get prepared for the Albany Empire. They know they have to play Albany Empire. Mason, I've said in the interview a couple of weeks ago. This game's been secretly circled on his calendar for a rematch. So Columbus is going to be ready for Albany. Albany knows where they're going to get getting themselves into. I think this is going to be a very entertaining game. But I mentioned when we were talking about Albany, there's something about that offense that's not looking right, and. The boys in Columbus's offense right now are they're hightailing it. They're, they're 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 taking care of business. It's a local business trip. They don't have to go far. I say my pick of this game. I love Albany. I like the team. I like how they're pre- presenting Bill in the franchise there. But Columbus, I think they're the best team in the league. And you gave them only a few days to get ready for them in the week one. I think they're the best team. And I. I'm gonna say it. I'm literally gonna say it. I don't think this game is gonna be competitive in the fourth quarter. Give me a close.
0: Oh wow. Okay. 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 <laughs> I, I don't know about that. I think it's gonna be competitive through all the way through. Uh, but I, you and me are on the same page as terms of pick. And yeah, I will say the running back comparison. You know, with Derek Ross being released previously, now, um, like I, I'll lean on again. Like, hey, I think you need if you want to get back to your what the offense was looking like, you know, pre-release of Derek Ross, you need to lean on Ruffins being utilized more. And again, not saying that Ruffins is the same talent as Ross, but to continue the flow of the offense that was working, you should start utilizing your fullback more rather than doing jet sweeps like you were doing at times during the course of last week. But my point in being my weakness is actually still defensively. You know, we've been talking all season, how the liability for Albany is technically their defensive side of the ball uh it is average i won't say it's you know top tier uh that that, that's reserved i think for orlando and for and for columbus this year Uh, and at times jersey's been there too uh but they're inconsistent but albany's been serviceable they have been able to keep their team in games they have been able to be opportunistic as we saw last week and Mm -hmm. tommy grady is able to do what he wants i mean he's got the he's got the best receiving core Overall, in the NAL, with all those with with Malachi Jones, with Darius Prince being the top receiver overall, and with Phil Barnett being a pretty damn good two or three or complementary piece to wherever he needs to be, it's the best core for Tommy to throw to right now, or for any QB to throw to right now in the NAL. The defense has to hold up its end of the bargain against what I think is so far been a close to, if not equally explosive offense that Columbus has put together with Espinosa without law and company there and, and Antoine Grant or and Antoine Grant as well. So you have to keep, you have to be able to hold up your end of the bargain. I don't think they can do that. Now they did bring in some veteran talent that they had in their AFL team. Uh Sony is going to be on there at the defensive back position. So dude's not a slouch at that spot. They do need reinforcements at, that position. So in theory, yeah, short week practice, maybe, you know, he helps boost that roster a little bit is the thought Mm -hmm. Uh, they also did bring in as well uh, during their transactions. They brought in, of course, Oh, come on. There it is. Uh, They brought in a fullback, Jeremiah Richardson. So say you don't use Mo Ruffins. You do have, you know, Richardson that you can try and use if you need to fill in that gap as well. I imagine that they're working both of them into the game plan this week to gear up for this contest. It's the most important contest of the year. And you know, both those positions are liabilities. I still think that Columbus because they have their team in unison right now because everything seems to be clicking correctly at this moment, I think they win. I think they exact revenge for that week 1 loss. Which by the way, that week 1 loss, if they recover an onside kick, I think that loss changes. That loss was almost a win for the Lions, even down two scores late in that fourth quarter. Think about that. And with the short time. It, this will be a close game. I, I think it's going to come down to whoever has the ball last, and I think Columbus is going to have the ball last. I think they will yeah. come out on top, they will get the one seed, and Albany will basically be just kind of hanging in there next week when they take on the Sharks to hope that they get a chance to have the flight up, upset Columbus and get that one seed. But I think I think Columbus locks down their one seed after this weekend. Well,
1: we both agree. Um, I just look at this game as I just look at that defense. That defense for Columbus has made so many plays over the last couple of weeks, forcing quarterbacks into turnovers. You've seen it, Brandon. You've seen Warren Smith do it. You've seen uh, Southwick do it. You've Kagey for the Sharks do it. Uh, and Also, you've seen um, uh, uh, Casanova and Summers Somer, uh, of Carolina do it that defense causes so much havoc that they're going to put Grady in situations um, that he's going to have to, you know, put the ball in the tight windows. And what I've noticed last week in Albany is that the flight were getting Grady out of the pocket and the flight do that just, you know, times that by 10 and that's the Columbus lions defensive line. Yeah. That's, Uh,
0: that is definitely not Grady's uh, favorite spot to be is outside the pocket.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, Grady is not good. Mobile. He's still a damn good quarterback. He's protected. He's the best in the league, in my opinion. Um, and he's a legend. If if there's still a Hall of Fame for arena quarterbacks, he will go into it. Yes. It's just for me, I just look on the other side of the line, scrimmage. They have the Columbus's defense is just beast worthy. Uh, Marvin Ross is just right now, you can almost say he can literally win defensive MVP. On this year mm-hmm. uh, there's still a couple of good defensive backs in the league that have that chance to get that reward or defense player excuse me but that defense is big they're hyping this game up big time in columbus uh we've heard reports of good sell ticket sales so they're gonna have a nice crowd in there and it's going to be a playoff atmosphere does albany really want to come to columbus in the championship game or do they want to host that's yeah. what comes down to it and For me, the reason why I say it's going to be a – I don't think it's going to be a competitive game. I just look at that Columbus machine. They've been rolling for weeks now. And I've seen Albany kind of stumble over the last couple of – even though they won this past week, they've been stumbling over the last couple of games. Uh, I'm just going to go with a finely tuned machine. And I don't – I'm not saying it's not going to be competitive. I think it's going to be like a two-possession game. But it's going to be that type of two-possession game where you feel like no matter what Columbus can do – they're still going to win the game comfortably, right.
0: um,
1: But then I think it, you're talking it's just,
0: like it's uh you're you're talking like it's say the 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 pre the previous Jacksonville Orlando game where it just came down to one misstep in a yeah. back and forth affair.
1: Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you can you can you can honestly see this game as like a seventy two fifty, 72 seventy two sixty type of game where Columbus is just enough ahead where no matter what they do they're still going to win. It's because maybe. There's an interception that happened, or a missed exchange happened for Albany. Um, I just think that Columbus is just that team this year. Uh, I'm not because I'm not saying this because I we're good. We have we're good with Columbus organization. Um, I'm just saying that we see the tape. Yes, They're freaking good. We watch um, the games, <laughs> and, and usually you saw we saw a couple games this year. Jersey plays a team that we're talking about first. Their defense does this against that team. And you go, well, they're playing Columbus next week, and Columbus is on steroids as defense. And you watch that team play Columbus the following week, and exactly what we talked about happens. That defense just eats up the other offense. And I just see that it's these are the two best teams in the league. And I can, if you told me to bet money now who's going to be in an NL championship game here in three weeks, I'm going to say Albany and Columbus. Yeah. I, I, I think they'll both get the one and two. Of course, they clenched, both clench home fields for the first round. Mm-hmm. I don't see an upset that can happen that will make me go uh, sh- shocked at this point. Um, I'm just when the time comes, and we'll just say, watch out for Orlando. They look like that scary team that you don't want to play. Um, but and in this game right now, I think this is the best game of the year, and hopefully the NAL does a great production for the game. Hopefully Columbus does a great production of the game because this is the game of the year. This is where a lot of people are going to tune in. To watch, I guarantee there's gonna be like 800 live people watching this game this weekend, and only like 200 watch Jacksonville, Carolina, um, because it, this game this game means a lot for the NAL this season. Not just in standing wise, but for per the per special speak English, the the let's just say this game is what if you want to say you're a better league than the IFL, this is the game to prove it. It's the two teams, the top two teams of the league, and if you, you kick it off and it's excellent and it's great production great everything you got yourself a win to the fans of the arena league so this is a big game for just not the teams but for the league itself and i hopefully we have a very entertaining game um that we are talking about next week as the best game we've ever seen in the national arena league especially for this season
0: cannot stress enough how important the broadcast quality is going to be i and we and here's the thing we know that these like You guys have watched fans out there or listeners, you know, that you've watched the Columbus lions games. They haven't been the best broadcasts, um, whether it's internet connection in the building, some camera angles. So they've had time away. People in the organization know how important this game is. I am banking on the fact that they have made improvements to make this broadcast good. And I hope the league has looked at this too and said, okay, Let's take some elements and some improvements and move them to this one. I mean, we saw it actually in the Jacksonville broadcast too. They added a new graphic last week. you know they added a you know, they had a league graphic that I was that you and I both were impressed with. So they are working on things. I hope this game they have done enough in the time away from the Civic Center to upgrade it to make it a quality broadcast that people can enjoy watching as well as for the people that are there in person. so. That's what I hope. but either way, it's gonna be a great game, I think. It, it, it's all the elements for it are there. It's, it should be a blast. I'm, I'm looking forward yes. to it. Okay, it's, yeah. a,
1: it's a time to shine and it's it's postseason play honestly and yeah. this week is big. both games, even though they're two on two different perspectives of the league standing wise, they both have a lot of key influences and in the outcome of what the postseason will be in the two weeks.
0: Fun stuff. I, I can't wait. I really can't wait for for this coming Saturday. It's gonna it's gonna be a blast, guys. Uh, till then, though, that's all it's gonna be for the Inside the Walls podcast. Thank you guys for the support for the show. We've really it's been growing like crazy. We've been getting a ton of feedback from people around the league. I mean, really, as Jim said already, and I, I, I've said as well. Uh, thank you. You know, uh, we really we enjoy the league and love the game and want it to grow. And you guys help us. You know, at least with helping our understanding of some things that maybe we've gotten wrong or just encouraging us to keep going. And it's been a blast, and we can't wait for the future this for the rest of the season and for beyond for the plans that we have. And if you want to keep up with us and you know keep following our journey as well and you know help grow the game along with us, we recommend you follow us on social, by the way. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at In Walls Podcast. Again, the username is at in walls podcast follow us on there. You know, we'll be giving plenty of memes, plenty of uh, updates on our polls, you know, whether it's game of the week, whether it's our MVP voting for the week, we got tons of stuff we interact with. So please follow us on our socials. And if you want right now, because we are trying to get this built and we're going to be emphasizing this a lot in the future, uh, look up for inside the walls podcast on YouTube. We did get that launched. Thank you, Jim, for setting that up, by the way um that is going to be a place we're going to try, try and focus on video podcasting moving into next year so if you do subscribe there we are going to be putting some more video content out as we move along and you'll be like there. videos better highlights mm-hmm.
1: we're working on it but that's we yeah stuff. we're we got stuff coming for you folks
0: it's coming <laughs> jim, if anything jim definitely he loves making this stuff so you know he's going to be looking forward to putting highlights and some uh obviously teaser trailers as you might have saw the uh saw the jacksonville and columbus one he made that a lot of people also give us good thumbs up for so we appreciated that feedback as well really did uh but until next week guys thank you very much for tuning in always appreciate the support and remember one thing hey jacksonville don't be a jack out of the box <laughs> stay tuned everybody